You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Good morning, everyone. This is Father Brad. This is Coffee Talk. And amazingly, it's been two weeks and I did the same thing. (laughs) I was supposed to show up to run, to work out with Sarah Denny, and I didn't. Actually, it's the same morning. We're recording. Yeah, we're recording right two back shows. to back. But look, last last time you heard about the cockroach, you saw the cockroach <laughs> while well, went to go turn the ice maker off, and the thing flew past me into the ice maker, and I shut the door, and now there's a cockroach in the ice maker. Actually, we got it out. But it, it was a cool moment when it flew out that I got to smash it with my foot. Sarah, yeah, just totally emasculated me by taking charge. <laughs> she was like Mary with... with She's crushing the head of the serpent, man. That's our call as women. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, man. I, I ran away like a little He didn't. Baby. He just missed it the first time he moved at it. So I was like, well, I, I just have to bad on. aim. I, I, I had all this, the courage in the world. He did. He aim. was ready. He would have gotten it if he would have been a little better at his aim. So you know uh, Sarah Denny. She is a campus minister at LSU. Mm-hmm. She's also studying for her doctorate in bioethics. Um, she is a beast mode woman, and uh, she's here. And we're going to talk about faith and science. Okay, so um, when I taught high school, one of the biggest things that I think was in the way. There's a couple things that got in the way of kids encountering the Lord or believing in God or, or what have you. And, um, problem of evil is one of them. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. I'll talk about that in another episode, but, um, one was a perceived and why I want to talk about this first is that it's perceived, um, dichotomy between faith and science, Mm -hmm. um, a perceived, uh, I guess, uh, incongruency, perceived division between the two as if um, you choose one or the other and you can't have both. And so uh, obviously kids, you know, grow up, they, they they're smart. They're smart. God created them with awesome, beautiful minds and intellects. And we look at the world, we deduce things. And if science is right there in front of us, if it's empirical, and if we have this perceived um, dichotomy between faith and science and we choose science and we get rid of faith and kids will reject the faith, reject God, um, reject the supernatural because they believe they can't hold the two at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's not the truth. I'm actually want to do a, uh, a coffee talk series and it's, it's basically, it's called, we don't believe that. (laughs) I like that title. Yeah. We don't believe that. Like it's just things that People have misconceptions about right. the church, have misconceptions about the faith, about reality, and um, we don't believe that. So we don't believe that faith and science are against each other. Have you run into this, Sarah, in your life as oh, a teacher? Often, yeah. So I taught high school girls for two years. When I taught the eighth graders, and they were asking great questions, but they sometimes think we have all the answers, which is really funny. But they would look at me and just be like, okay, but what about the dinosaurs? And like, what about what about evolution? As, as if there's a there's this black and white answer that if I go one way, then like Jesus can't be real. And if I go the other way, then like maybe he can be, I don't know. But, but also this is why I'm studying bioethics because for me, I see it in a completely different way. I see it not that they are, there's a division between them and somehow they can never come together. I see it as the beauty of it is that there's an integration that's not only possible, but I think absolutely necessary because our entire existence as human beings is that there's a spiritual world and there's also a material and that they can not just coexist, but thrive. And that's how you can be ordered and full in terms of life and existence. Mm. My experience has been, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, there is no way that God does not exist because 
the intricacy of even one system in the human body. For example, so I am a practitioner with the Create and Model Fertility Care System. So one of the things I study the most would then be related to woman in her reproductive sphere. There's a particular slide. I remember seeing a slide on in presentation in 2009, the first time I encountered this. And I audibly reacted in an audience of people. I was like, wow, because it was that incredible to me. Related to um, just Did you by- creep out the person next to you? Thank God, no. They were of a similar mind and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. But what I saw was like, just, and this is how women's fertility works at a certain times of month, of the month, like there's a certain cervical mucus that's produced and another, there's a different kind and one lines itself up in parallel strands and actually has like a current that the sperm swim to aid in life beginning and the other, it lines itself up like a brick wall. And so it keeps the sperm from swimming. I don't have a cognition of that. You that can't I'm- have your pudding unless you eat your dinner. I'm <laughs> oh, so sorry. Like- that's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah. another brick in the wall. Okay. Bow, I'm like, boom, I didn't boom, catch boom. that reference. Okay, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. But so the point is that that's one system of many, but the intricacies of how that even works or like if you study just the moment, the one moment of conception. There's a woman I know. It's insane. Who is like. Go watch Look Who's genetics. Talking Now. Go watch the beginning of Look Who's Talking Now. There's, there's swimming talking sperm. <laughs> it's amazing. The, the now, things I, that happen though, but seriously, once the sperm enters the space of, of this egg and everything, everything from that movement in terms of cell division and change in growth, it now has a different goal. Like it, boom, the whole system shifts. It's an ontological leap. Everything. Yeah. All of it. Like biologically, ontologically, all of it. And it's like mind blowing. And sure, I could sit there and, and I understand that it comes from a space of people want answers as we should. That's the beauty of the human person. I can ask questions. It is not bad if someone looks at me and they're like, I don't know if I believe because and what about this issue? Yeah, what about that issue? That's, that's, that's why healthy. I, that's why I want to talk about this because I feel like there's a fear in... Um, that's a good word, is fear. Fear of, of, can I ask this question? Can the faith stand up to scientific discovery? And the, and the, the answer is... Absolutely. In Absolutely. fact, the church throughout history has been a patron of the sciences. Um, even in the Galileo controversy, you know, and, and the church putting them on house arrest and yada, yada, that was mainly political. It was actually the Pope and the church who was funding his, um, his research and, and was really, and the church came up with the university system. And, um, yeah. And some of the greatest scientists were priests like Gregor Mendel. Everyone's familiar with him. I feel like Mendel. the Punnett Square and Punnett. genetics. Yeah, that's that's about uh, genetics, right? Mm-hmm. And and, um, and recessive you, genes. And, exactly, genes and how you cross them. So down he was an Augustinian recessive. monk. Mm-hmm. So a monk came up with genetics. Um, let's do some other ones. Uh, George Lamatra is uh, was a Jesuit priest, a astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. What the heck? You don't know about George freaking Lamatra? I don't think I do, but I'm really bad with names. Sorry. Hey, Jesuit <laughs> priest, astrophysicist. <laughs> A uh, contemporary of Einstein used the theory of relativity to postulate the Big Bang theory. Oh, people. The Big Bang theory came from a Jesuit Did you priest. even know this? I think I knew oh it. Oh, my goodness. In okay. the recesses of my mind, but I've Just forgotten. keep that tucked away along with everything else you've said, because that is, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, when you and tell people this. That's it. It's like earlier when we were talking about the spirit of humility before science. What if he's able to come up with a theory like that? 
then what he's looking at it as is not, oh my gosh, I need to be careful in my research or I might get in trouble or upset God or, or accidentally um, disprove God. He's like, yeah, and you everything have nothing. in the church. No, 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 no. Instead, it's, it's having the heart of a child, honestly, not childish, but childlike where you're like, okay, if every good gift comes from the father and my intelligence is a gift, the potentials of science is a gift. Then like, that means I, this is a playground. Like my intelligence and the sphere of science, I get to run and jump and play without having to be afraid of what I'm going to discover. And not having to be afraid of scientific advancements and uh, things that we can can do, right? We talked about this in another episode about like just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, and with a Catholic worldview, you, you say discover some kind of power where well, we have a, the limits of morality and ethics in order to, yes. to hold us in so we don't let science destroy the human person. I mean, that is Jurassic Park. That is the- Oh my gosh. In the a, most recent one, I was freaking out in the theater. Because I didn't even I just, see it. Don't tell me. Okay. When we're talking about all this with the science and the faith, it reminds me of G.K. Chesterton. He had an analogy about the moral life. And he said, imagine that you have a child and there's a playground at the top of a cliff. Yep. If you had this playground and there was no fence and at the bottom of this cliff is shark infested waters without a fence, would you allow your child to go and play on this playground? What kind of like uh, real estate? Like why'd you buy that real estate? <laughs> Who knows? He's creative. <laughs> but imagine how you have a very, very, very sturdy fence. Yeah. It is safe. You can trust it. That's what he says. The moral life, these codes, these laws, these commands are. They're not to keep all this bad stuff out where they're not to like keep you from being free. They're to keep you in a place that that you are allowed to run and jump and play without jumping outside of where he knows like the father is saying like you will get hurt if you go out here. Not that he's not merciful and you can't be forgiven, not that kind of stuff. But truly within science, it gives us a sort of guideline that I can have the most incredible scientific discovery known to man that could happen. And praise God that we had the potential to even do that. But I always, 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 like this comes back to, it's not about is science the God and I can't make it an idol or a God. It's that I as a human person have been given dominion over all of creation and trusted with that gift. This isn't God desires people to suffer and so then he allowed this to happen. This is like, I have been given the gift of intellect and understanding and the scientific discovery through my freedom and my will. What will I do with that? Will I allow this discovery to perpetuate? I hope only if so that it can defend and help and protect and respect the dignity of the human person. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then I have to speak clearly about that. Yeah. And so obviously these guys like George Lamatra Mendel, there's another one, Nicholas Steno is the father of modern geology. who's the first proponent of stratification theory of Earth's crust. Um, these guys are scientists. I mean, Albert the Great was one of the best scientists. Mm -hmm. Thomas Aquinas used Aristotle. He wasn't afraid of non-Catholic sources if it is true because yeah. the church isn't afraid of the truth, right? Because God is truth. Um, and, and so the church does not, if you're a scientist out there, if you're a high school, if you're a young adult, if you're an older person, you feel like, man, should I be afraid of science? Is, is there this, should I have to choose? You do not have to choose. In fact, a true faith makes you more open to the truth. And so one of the things I want to talk about is, um, is the Bible. Okay. So we look at the Bible mm -hmm. and sometimes a cursory view, a cursory reading of it seems to negate, um, this relationship between faith and science, right? Let's take Genesis. For example, we open it up first. Genesis account, um, is a six day creation. 
and it's like on this day, these are created, you know, the light, this and that, the, the water, there's water above us. Like that's the sky. Well, that's not true. Like we know that that's, uh, it's atmosphere. It's, I mean, maybe it's water vapor. That's kind of cool. I just thought about that, but, (laughs) but it's not, um, it's not describing Genesis isn't describing the world in a scientifically accurate way, a perfectly scientifically yeah. accurate way. And sometimes that scares people. It scares Christians. Um, and it's in atheists, um, use it as fodder against the church. Like, look at this. It's, it's true. Well, this is, this is the, uh, Augustine's way of viewing this. Okay. Augustine said that if we were perplexed by any apparent contradiction in scripture, it is not allowable to say the author of this book is mistaken, but either, the manuscript is faulty, so when it was being copy, copied, we have a bad copy or something. The translation is wrong. We have the wrong word we're using. Or you have not understood. And that's the humil- humility you're talking about, that mm-hmm. Augustine was okay with us approaching Scripture and understanding that sometimes we get it wrong. Like, we thought Scripture meant this, but we learned something about the world, and so it can't mean that. The The, the author wasn't trying to to make Genesis a science textbook. It is absolutely true. It is infallible, Genesis, but it's not trying to be a science textbook. It's talking about the origins of the human person, the soul, all creation coming from God, God being the author of all creation, mm-hmm. all matter, and that, that it's ordered, Right? I was going to say, this, the word is order. Like he brings into the chaos of teeming waters, he brings order. That is the what the creator ultimately does. And like looking at the creation of man and woman, right? It's not like there's this spelled out experience of even our genetics or the human body or this or that. Like, But I don't need to go there for that. We've discovered that. This clearly confirms for us what has been revealed. Yeah, an example of this too is, let's say, the second Genesis account that's looking in deeper in the day of creation of mm-hmm. man and woman and Adam's created. And so obviously people aren't taking from the side and like a rib turned into a person and like, you know, made built up into a person, all this. It's not the scientific expression of what actually happens. Exactly. It, but let's look deeper. So look into the future. What's the fulfillment of this? What's the fulfillment mm. of Genesis two where Adam's put to sleep, his side is opened up, his bride is taken from his side and he is one body with his bride. And he says, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. You complete me. Okay. Let's look in the future. Who dies the sleep of death? Jesus. Whose side is opened up? Jesus. Whose bride is taken forth from his side? The church, his bride, in which he says to the church, this is my body. We become a one flesh union. Whoa, hello. It is true. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And if we get bogged down into making scripture, having a literalist interpretation, everything has to, not a literal, we need to be literal. What does the author mean? But does the author mean to express a scientific expression of reality with everything he says? No. The the Psalms are poems. Um, you know, Genesis is expressing a deep truth. It's like a love letter. You don't write, uh, you know, I bet the worst love letter writers are scientists. I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, Sam. <laughs> your eyes. I'm just making a joke. Your eyes are like orbs in which light is refracted into the you think he does that that doesn't get you actually no but i would find it hysterical and clever i want to offer a challenge to anyone who's listening to this and has an issue in terms of the faith and science because i don't have an issue with you having an issue you have it great we all have issues with different things that come up but my challenge to you you is issues if you're going to look at but i really want to offer 
Look at scripture. Read scripture. Don't read it as a, a, a an answer to every question you have, especially related to science. Instead, I, I want you to literally put that box in your mind down for like a month. And instead, I want you to sit with scripture. I really mean this. Like I would bet my life on this. 10 minutes a day, sit with scripture. Ask God for the grace of a relationship with him. Because without a relationship, we're all just fighting with a bunch of words or you're not even fighting, but debating. And we're not moving forward as much as we're just throwing words around. And at the end of the day, whatever we, as far as we will get in our arguments, when hopefully all of us go to heaven one day, our minds like, oh my gosh. On Monday? On Monday. Did I say that? I'm Uh, sorry. I meant one day. Hopefully Hopefully we all go to heaven on Monday. Monday. What? I'm listening on Monday. (laughs) No. Okay. But truly like heart mind explosions of like the the transcendence and and the infinite that we couldn't even hold right now of all of the knowledge of God we will understand and we will know we will have that perfect vision with him but right now what is necessary what is not us just trying to get all these answers and figure it out and being control of something in our intellect the only antidote to that is a personal relationship with God so um thank you future Dr. Sarah Denny. Um, (laughs) I want to end with a quote from Galileo, dude who was put on house arrest. Everyone uses him against, uh, as like, I guess, fodder against the church and the relationship between the faith and, uh, and science. And Galileo said this, the Bible shows us the way to go to heaven, not the way the heavens go. I give infinite thanks to God who has been pleased to make me the first observer of marvelous things. So he gave thanks to God that he was able to see these marvelous things, able to encounter um, the world, like you said, like a child, you know, just super pumped about like the the intricacies, like the the way things go together, the balance of things. Um, it is awesome. Listen, faith and science they go together. You don't have to leave the church because you think there's they don't. Um, in fact, you wanna you wanna be a best scientist, be Catholic. Sarah, what is your uh, your music choice for this week? Oh. Um, you know, this is going to be maybe cheesy, but the other thing I rock out into for in the, excuse me, in the car when I'm driving, if I'm just having like a really crazy day and I need to come back, United Pursuit, mm-hmm. if you haven't heard of them, um, there's songs, I think one of them is Hidden and one of them is Let It Happen. And those are just ones that like reorient me when I am, like I described, trying to take control with my intellect and figure out my entire life. Um, and they're just like super, super simple. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, uh, I want to give a shout out to Lucas Nelson. Y'all should Ooh. check him out. <gasps> Lucas Nelson and the experience of the real. Y'all, that's actually the one. If I could tell you, <laughs> Father Brad introduced me to him months ago. He has two songs. When I tell you they have been the most played on my iPod he in the last four months. He has more than two songs. Right. But these are the ones she But likes. these two songs I'm obsessed with. <laughs> one is Find Yourself. And one is let go of your plans. I was recently on a retreat and literally woke up from a nap and Jesus was allowing the course of let go of your plans to play in my mind to the point where I got aggravated and I was like, fine, Lord, like, what is this? Why does this keep coming up? And then I actually thought about the lyrics and I was like, oh, you want me to pray with this? Willie Willie Nelson's son has got some, he's a, he's a bard, if you will, a a poet. He is. Oh, those are just, he's great. Listen to him. Okay, this has been Coffee Talk uh, with Sarah Denny. This has been Father Brad. Send in any suggested topics if you want to be a part of uh, Coffee Talk. If you want to be a part of the Quizzical Papist, just contact us at frbrad at canecatholics.com or 
bdoyle109 at gmail.com. And really, please, please, I'm just begging you, take two seconds, go to iTunes, write a review, rate it. Sarah Denny, have you reviewed my podcast? No, you haven't. Have not. Yes, she's one of the. She is one of the people who hate me. I do not. No, no, she doesn't hate me. But listen, you can make an excuse, but I need you to do this. This is how um, more people get to the show, and I want to interact with y'all and know where you're at. If you're listening from somewhere that's not Louisiana, send me an email. I can read. I'll give you a shout out. You have. You can tell me a joke. You can. Tell me an interesting fact about yourself and I'll read it out on Coffee Talk or the Quizzical Papist. And um, yeah, especially you in Sweden. I know who you are. I've been tracking you. In a non-creepy way. No, I'm joking. I don't know where you are. I know nothing about you. I only know that you're from Sweden and you listen to me. Which is awesome. I'm really pumped. But uh, I want to just get this. um, I'm going to cut all this out, by the way. Okay, cool. Not all of it. No, you shouldn't cut all of it. You should put in the show notes, though, if people do want to use this. Psalm 148. That's the psalm I keep thinking of where it's like all the things in creation. Praise the Lord. Just say. Psalm 148. God bless. Bye.